thank you for showing up for another episode of Intuition Your First Sense. This is Vicki and Leah in the background meowing and <laughs> this is working from home and the excitement of pandemic recording. This episode was actually an interview I did with my daughter as part of the you know, who is Vicki anyway, I thought it would be fun to have her on because she's the person who knows me the best in this lifetime. And she's also incredibly well-spoken, I believe, and able to bring some insight to what it's like being an empath and being an adult in this world, but also what it was like being a teenager and being empathic. So I'm hoping that this will bring some help, some information, and some guidance, and maybe a few laughs. Listen in. So joining me today is a very special guest. <laughs> I would like you to meet my daughter, Kayla Baird. She is her <laughs> own person, um, but I didn't know how else to describe her other than to claim my daughter. So thank you for doing this. Welcome. To intuition, your first sense. Welcome to my living room, which you've been to many times. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> so one of the reasons that I asked Kayla to join us is because she has the rare experience of being one of three, but one of one that's talking to me, um, who behave, who could. Um, give a little bit of background about what it was like growing up with me as her mother, um, to which she has no other real comparison, so I've kind of got this nailed. But also, I wanted to, because she's often someone I go to when I have questions about, am I seeing this wrong, or do you feel I'm out of line here, uh, you know, with our you know, personal stuff, but I've also tossed to you a couple times, I can't see my way through this. Can you look at this? So I'm given the fact that you are a self-supporting adult in the world. I thought, Ooh, wait a minute. I have somebody at my, in, in my world and that I have access to that I can ask the questions of that, that other people are asking me. And then we could also mix it in with, you know, people are asking a lot about my process and and what's it like and i don't know about you but i kind of find it boring so i'm like i'm gonna have to go to other people because i'm not so sure this is so um opening up the door though first i have a question that i think i've always presumed uh, but never asked you is do you see yourself as intuitive yes um, I don't know if I would really use that word. I don't know what word I would use. I I can't say I've put too much thought into it uh, in regards to what word I would use. Um, it's never really been that important to me to put a label on it. Um, I know that I feel certain things and I feel certain things stronger than others um but i don't know exactly how to describe what i feel um so i just like to say that i'm i'm 
spiritual, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, I do feel like that, that gut feeling is your intuition. Um, but I don't know if I personally would say that I'm like intuitive and I would label myself as intuitive in the same way that people like label you as intuitive. I wouldn't like say I was. Yeah. If that makes well, sense. Mine's kind of become a shingle, you know, it's on the <laughs> <laughs> it's out there because I refuse to wor- use the word psychic. Um, because someone who is everyone's intuitive, but the different levels of intuition that they have, um, a lot of the times you're 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 right. I hear what you're saying that it becomes a um, an adjective and almost a verb too. Yeah, I then am an intuitive rather than I am intuitive. Right, right. So I, I feel like I I do feel certain things strongly. Strong? Is that a word? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it didn't sound right when I said it. <laughs> All the time, people. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't necessarily like label myself as that. I don't really like to like label myself as certain things in any aspect of my life. Um, so I don't know. Okay. To be honest. So, so you, you acknowledge intuitive pings and yes. intuitive hits and, and, um, the, the experience of intuition. Yes. But you don't need the label. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's such a young adult. <laughs> in our world right now like I just I am who I am and I feel what I feel but I don't need to like specifically hone in on it and do you feel like some of that is because of the household you grew up in where we didn't make it a big deal part of it and I love that thank you for that (laughs) it took so much stress off of growing up I have to say um but I also think that a part of it is just, it's who I am. I just don't care. <laughs> I just, I'm just kind of blase when it comes to that stuff. I just, I am who I am. <laughs> it's just. Well, and that's been, I have to say in, in being in the experience of raising you, that has been the gift that I've received too, is that it, it wasn't a big deal, but it also, I think the the nonchalance, not no, no, nonchalance, <laughs> you know, just the way that we went about. You are who you are mm-hmm. um, for everybody in the house, yeah. um, and I think I don't know that that was conscious on my part. I think it was just how I see people as yeah, you are, you are who you are. Um, that was just the way I. Well, at least the way that I, I saw it growing up, that was how I, I think our whole, I can't speak for the boys, but just how our whole household seemed to be just like people were just people. It didn't really matter like who you were, where you came from, who you liked, as long as you were a good person, you know, at your core, who cares? (laughs) And that's who I try to be. So, you know, I don't try to focus on that stuff. Yeah. I so that. when you ask, I like, I really have to think about it. I'm like, hmm, I wonder, <laughs> <laughs> am I? <laughs> I don't know. Who am I at the end of the day? <laughs> and it, which is, I, 
I am. <laughs> it, 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 it I is a question that keeps me in business when people say, I don't know who I am. I'm like, yes, you do. Um, <laughs> you. <laughs> let me help you because maybe people didn't have the experience where at least I, I feel like I respected who you were, but didn't tell you who you were. Right. I agree. I feel that too. So I, but I wonder sometimes was that difficult or a gift because you had to navigate it without me saying exactly, well, no, this is who you are. Um, right. So, which also I think at times, I, 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 I trusted my own gut on that. Talk about intuition because nobody knows how to parent. Anybody right. who thinks they do is making up buoy. Mm -hmm. um, so the acknowledgement of the intuition, uh, because people have asked me and they'll say, well, you must've had the most fascinating house. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. Like we read books, we watched movies, we, you the know. normal house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a ghost or two, sure, but that's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the empathic part of you, which I know well, but, um, is that something that's important to you to have that? Um, yes. Um, that is definitely something that I, sh I struggled with a lot when I was, um, younger, definitely in my teenage years. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where I became the most uh, grateful that you didn't force anything down my throat, especially because I feel like your adolescence is um, along with your young adult years when you're discovering a lot of who you are. Um, because uh, High school is very intense. <laughs> it's very intense, especially if you're empathic, because um, at least for me, I felt like I took on the energy of everybody who was around me. And I struggled a lot with my own um, mental health issues, uh, depression and anxiety, um, just what was going on chemically with my own head, but also you know, a lot of people go on with the similar experiences from puberty and, you know, the changes that go on in your life. So I took on all of that from everybody else on top of my stuff. It's exhausting <laughs> physically and mentally and emotionally. Um, and I feel like that was a large part in uh, why I left high school mm -hmm. um, for nobody who <laughs> knows I dropped out of high school and just went straight to college and got my GED. It was a better decision for me, mm -hmm. um, both education wise and um, just mentally, um, because it just it can be too much for some people. Um, and I feel like uh, being empathic has its pros and its cons. I feel like now that I'm a lot older, it helps me do great in my job now that I work in healthcare, um, especially with my experience with dad being sick. It made it so much easier to relate to people and um, be able to take my job more seriously and love my job. Um, but as a child, it was so much harder just because I didn't know how to let stuff go when I was done with it and not know how to block that. I took everything on. Yeah. So 
as I've grown, I've learned how to process it better. Um, but it can be really hard sometimes and I hate it. <laughs> I'm not, I wish I wasn't so open to that. And I don't know how to not be open to that sometimes, but I wouldn't not want to be empathic. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'd rather be who I am and how I am as opposed to not. Right. Yeah. And that there's a, a difficulty, I think sometimes for people in understanding exactly what is the difference between empathic and an empath. Right. Because empathic, well, we hope the whole human race has it, but some don't. And that simply (laughs) means being able to understand what someone's going through, not sympathize, because when you sympathize, you're in the pity party. Yeah, there's a big difference. (laughs) There is a big difference. I feel like I explain that a lot. There's a big difference between sympathy and empathy. I cannot sympathize with some things, but still empathize with some things. Right. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What were you saying? (laughs) That's okay, that's okay. Uh, Family dynamic. So in, in, in the empath world, we were talking about this earlier and I asked you to wait um, for the recording because what you asked, can you ask the question? Did you write it down? I did. Um, so on, can I mention the Facebook part as oh, well? Sure. Or just the question. So on Facebook, at least in my demographic, I see a lot of uh, statuses saying that they, um, they can't handle whatever's going on in the world because they're too empathetic or empathic. Um, and I had asked you if there are truly so many empath and empaths in the world, because I feel like I see that constantly. Like there's tons and tons and tons of statuses that say that. And I wanted to know what the difference is between being an empath versus being having empathy. I mean, because are there truly that many empaths or are people just taking on other people's crap for the sake of uh, taking on other people's, you know, stuff instead of focusing on their own stuff? I think it's a a combination of, of both starting in the early, the late eighties, about 89, 90, you know, so just before you came in, there's, there was this big flood of souls mm-hmm. who have incredible ability to feel what other people are going through. So I do believe that there is a large number of empaths in the world. Mm-hmm. However, I do not and have never believed it to be an excuse for poor behavior right. or for drama um, or for pointing fingers. There are so many people like I'll see similar posts and someone will say how they're an empath. And I'm like, okay, but in that last post, you just totally ripped a person apart. Right. Say you're a true empath. If you then go out to slay another person, because an empath knows what it feels like Right. To experience that. And you just took your sorry self out there to do that. No, I don't think so. So you're a f- empath. You're a fake empath. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like just like in every experience, there are some posers. Mm-hmm. 
there are some that believe that if they say they're an empath and they're truly absorbing all of this information and energy and oh, all the stuff that flies around, that it gives them permission to be a bitch. Mm -hmm. And it's just not so. And it's, you know, it's like when you were younger and you would do the voice of someone else when they were saying something. And I'd be like, wait a minute, read <laughs> that without inflection. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, they just didn't want to come overnight. Thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> What some of the people who are posting with, the, I just can't take it. You could practically put Velcro on the back of their hands and their forehead and see it like this, you know, because they're like, I just can't take it. I'm an empath. And we have some in our, you know, our genetic circle um, who, who, who dance with this and it's not serving anyone to be of that drama because drama has a low frequency energy so yes we are thankfully inundated with those in your age group who are extremely empathic mm -hmm. um i don't know that they've been taught and that was one of the reasons i wanted to do this show because or do this episode with your help was because I can talk about it, but I'm not there. Right. And it, it makes it a little difficult because when I was in that age group, I was just discovering what energy and what was going on because, you know, Nana smacked me on the head as she <laughs> <laughs> and said, go ahead and be that sensitive thing you do. Um, so I think genuine empaths are the ones who are, <laughs> you know, uh, usually feel it and then there's some kind of mission behind it like mm -hmm. let me tell you about this you people need to know about this or what are we going to do about this we got to change this <laughs> you know so um if someone is an empath and they're feeling like they can't handle the world well then yes you do need to look at where is your um, where are you not charging your battery? Are you not taking time for yourself in quiet without electronics? Are you forgetting to put white light on? Which I'm always saying to you, like, did you remember your white light? You work in the hospital. <laughs> um, you know, you put your deodorant on, put your white light on at the same time. So there, there are things that can be done. And also I think from an, as someone who walks around as an empath, I've had to learn to honor the other person's process so much to really honor their soul's process that I don't take it on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've helped me with that. A lot of the times when I've asked about, you know, your brothers and stuff, am I doing things right? And, and you're like, you got to back up and you got to look at it a different way. And I'm like, shoot, she's right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the best service an empath can be to themselves and to others is when it feels overwhelming to back up, mm -hmm. to, to absolutely go within. And, and whatever the stress relief method is, but then also ask, am I, am I serving in any way? Can this be of help? Mm -hmm. You know, like for, for in your case, when you have a patient come through and you might empathically feel 
that this isn't all medical. Yeah. You know, this is, this is emotional. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't say anything legally. Like you can't do anything, but you can shift your energy and you can be kind, yeah. you know, and, and you can go about it that way. That's a way of being of service. It's not a matter of, we all have to take the stage. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of the times when you see those posts, I know I ask myself, what are they trying to fall on the sword here? Right. Whoop-de-doop-de-doo, you're an empath. So right. is 90% of the population, the other 10 are sociopaths. <laughs> <laughs> so, you have, so you have path in, in, in right. both. Or a psychopath. Um, you can, you can psychopath. <laughs> no wonder we're always walking our path. Are you a psychopath? Are you a sociopath? Are you an empath? <laughs> What's your path? Which path will you take? <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a choice in your path. <laughs> but it's it's so true. I'm glad you brought up high school because that was one of the things that I was going to bring up that the school is very different for people right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually seeing those who are super empathic, a couple of which we know, who are thriving mm -hmm. because they're not in the in-person classroom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in your case, it was a matter of, I, I just felt like you were going to go down, like we were going to lose you completely. If you were. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Now that it's like, geez, how old am I now? <laughs> now that's 10 years later, <laughs> I could completely be honest. You would have if I stayed in that environment just because it was just too much yeah. energy. Yeah. Not that it was just too much of my own stuff. It's just I didn't know at the time how to separate it all to make sense for myself to like just take it off of myself so that I could just be done with it and like uh uh find my mission if you will <laughs> um and just i don't know just because it wasn't all mine no it, no it wasn't and in true teenager fashion you didn't want to listen to your mother no, um and i and i appreciate that i think one of the funniest memories is just coming to me now is i, I Remember when you were going through tapping, we were doing tapping and all that kind of thing. Um, uh, EMDR. Yeah, the EMDR and then the tapping and stuff. And I said to her, well, can you just do that? And you're like, I'm already under pressure. I can't be standing in public doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and our, that, was, that was like a turning point for me where I was like, uh, yeah, I guess so. All right. Um, because, you know, my coping mechanism in growing up in the household I grew up in was everything just flew off me like water off a duck or I wouldn't have survived there. So it's, it's, it's different how it, it works and for each of us. So how do you do it now? Because the fact that you're an empath hasn't changed, No. but, but you're older with your own facilities. Um, well, my awareness has changed a lot. Back then, I just, uh, well, I'm not a stubborn. I mean, I'm still stubborn, just stubborn in different ways. Um, but my, my awareness has changed. I'm more consciously aware that a lot of it isn't my own stuff. And when I'm taking on someone else's stuff, just to cut the cord, as you like to say, and just be like, take it back. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, 
or if I'm choosing to take on someone's stuff because I want to bear the weight for them, that that's a choice I'm willing to make. And if it's becoming heavy for myself, that's because I'm choosing to make it heavy for myself, as opposed to back then, I didn't know that there was one choice in the matter. Um, for some people, there isn't because they're just not aware. It's just right. stacking on top of each other. Um, and now I can, you know, put walls up. Um, but back then, the only wall that I knew was blocking out like you. <laughs> um, because I did that all the time. Tell but, people, do you mind telling people how you did that? Because I have shared that to a certain extent because people will say, Oh God, it must've been so hard being your kid. I've gotten that question so many times. What was it like growing up with Vicki Bird as your daughter? She must've asked you so many questions. You must've never had any secrets. First of all, let me just make it one thing clear. I never had secrets because I didn't bother keeping them. Right. <laughs> yeah, there was that. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm not a secretive person. I will tell you whatever's on my mind, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so yeah. let's just get that straight. <laughs> but um, I, when it came to that aspect, though, it did kind of scare me a little bit, not because I felt like I couldn't trust you or that you would ever violate that boundary because I knew you wouldn't. Um, you've always been my best friend all my life. I could tell you anything, anything, <laughs> but anything people, anything. <laughs> Still can. um, but there was a time when I was becoming more depressed and anxious and just overwhelmed with everything where, um, I just didn't know what to share or how to. And I think part of it was because going back to, I wasn't sure what was mine and it didn't really feel, this wasn't like a conscious thought, but it didn't feel like I could share information that wasn't mine. Mm. And that makes so much more sense to me now as an adult, now that I'm looking back, but like, just to me back then, I just felt like I couldn't talk to my mom and it wasn't that I couldn't, um, but just there was teenagers I couldn't talk to her mom yeah. um but it was never anything that you had done it was never that you were prying because you would never done that you would never do that that's never the type of person that you are <laughs> um but on that note <laughs> um I just literally pictured a wall <laughs> between us a brick wall and anytime that I just didn't want you seeing something up went that wall and yeah. I just didn't go through <laughs> and it is what it is and well and the reason I bring this up is because I think it's brilliant and you know even at the time even if I felt like Woof, okay not going in there um I I've always thought that that was such a self-respecting thing because your father did it too mm -hmm. Only he built walls all the way around him. But um <laughs> <laughs> you're not kidding. <laughs> I fully expect the lights to dim or any something to happen at any point here. Uh but, but I think that's such a wonderful thing to and it speaks to your own soul's knowledge. Right. 
that you were like, hang on, I got to work around here. Because one of the things, like people will come to me and they want me to tap into someone else. And I'm like, I'm not a psychic spy. Right. If, if it benefits the relationship between you and the person and the person is putting it out there, I will look at it. No problem. Mm -hmm. But I think that sometimes people very often people overstep the boundaries and it's, it's always been something to me. Like, I don't want anybody poking in my stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's just rude. Yeah. Um, I, so what would the adult you tell the teenager you, uh, in, I think around the idea of being empathic, because there's a lot of teenagers that listen to the show. And I, that was another reason I'm like, hang on, let me get someone closer to their age. Um, and I'm going to have Kenzie on too. So she doesn't know it yet, but I am. Um, Surprise. <laughs> said way back when that I would have her, I could have her on. Uh, that's my granddaughter for those of you who are listening. Um, <laughs> when I slip into complete comfortable comfortability here, what would you say to your teen self about managing all of that? Like point blank, what would you? Well, I would probably start with take a breath. <laughs> Fantastic advice. Take a deep breath <laughs> in through your nose and out through your mouth. She listens to really, her mother. Really deep. It reprograms the brain. I tell people that all the time. <laughs> it re resets the brain, gets you rethinking, <laughs> and it's just necessary. It is. Um, you'll pass out if you're not breathing. <laughs> so <laughs> start simple. <laughs> um, and then also just, I think when I was working on processing my emotions, my emotions, in addition to everybody else's. Um, I don't know. I felt like I, I strived a lot more towards like anger and it's hard not to like gravitate towards that when you start to feel like overwhelmed, at least for me, I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else, but I feel like when I get anxious, um, or stressed out, I get angry. Mm -hmm. And, um, so just like, I don't know, just take a step back. Um, and I don't know, I'm not good at this. <laughs> I'm not really good at like processing my own emotions all the time. But what, um, would you, what would you say to Kenzie if she said that? If, like she's going, if she was going through that now that she's just picking up everybody's stuff, what would you say to her? I mean, <laughs> uh, don't. <laughs> I mean, I would be super blunt, Auntie Kayla, and just be like, don't. <laughs> I mean, you got to put up that wall. It's not your stuff to take on. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot easier said than done, of course. Yeah. Um, but kind of like when I would block you out, sometimes it does take that mental reminder of, okay, I got to put my wall up. Um, okay. I got to brush my teeth. Okay. I got to set my alarms. Even if you got to put a sticky note on your mirror, put yeah. your wall up. Um, until you get into that, like 
routine. And that was kind of where I was trying to go with the not being angry is like resetting that, um, uh, that shift of your energy of not like focusing on all the stuff that's weighing you down and making you angry, like shift it, uh, to focus on things that are not so suffocating. Don't take on everybody else's stuff, like focus on your own stuff and how you can, you know, work through it so that it's not so overwhelming, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense because we are human and we have to be in the world. Right. And if I actually believe that if we take on other people's stuff, we're not respecting them to walk their own path. Right. And it doesn't have to wall you off. Just right. Clear the the wall of energy is no. Please don't send that stuff through. Right, like a screen. Yeah, window screen. You yeah. can still let people in. You can still talk to them, but yeah. just keep your shit to yourself. Oh, your stuff to yourself. <laughs> you know, I don't want it. Yeah. We can still share a little bit, but like keep your cooties to yourself. You know, like a mask. Wear a mask. There you <laughs> oh, go. There you go. We're, we're, Protect yourself. Please wear your energy mask um, exactly. and, and put one over your heart and your gut and stuff like that too, because it is about being respectful. And right. that's why it's so refreshing when you meet someone who, who maintains their own energy field. Like right. when, they, when they stay in their own energy field, it's like, ah, oh, you're so fun to be with. Right. There's no projecting of the junk. Mm -hmm. so I think that's, I think that's brilliant. Um, do you have a, funny memory of like being <laughs> Vicky Baird's kid uh, like more work related I guess or oh I have tons of stories from the store <laughs> I could go on all day oh, yeah. the store um, store yeah <laughs> <laughs> um oh lord <laughs> I said lord and gosh at the same time it came out of lord um <laughs> hmm I don't know. I mean, there's tons. <laughs> Known you all my life. <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of put you on the spot. One of my yeah. <laughs> one of my favorites was um, I think I was I was it was when I had my first office across the street, and I was had met somebody in the laundromat, and I. I just wanted to help her out so bad, that little lady. Um, and I, she kept calling the house, calling the house, calling the house. And when I walked in, you were like, your stalker with the walker will not. Oh, I remember when you used to have appointments in the house. Oh my God. Can I be honest with you? I hated when you did that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm, that's why it didn't last long. I hated that only because I was a teenager at the time. And it was awkward coming downstairs and there were strangers in the living room and they'd always be like, hi, you're Vicki Barrett's daughter. And I'm like, hi, I'm just coming down for juice. <laughs> don't, don't talk to me. <laughs> no um, offense to anybody who might be a long time client. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, then juice and go back to my space. <laughs> I didn't want to talk. That is why I moved it. Well, also because our house was so narrow that, or so long. Right. That you, you could see every room the minute you walked in. And I'm like, do the dishes, pick this up. I was like, oh, forget it. I can't do this. I can't do this. But the stalker with the walker, I think that was my, 
one of the one that comes up the most. I mean, that came up with that actually. I don't think I can take credit for that. Oh, really? I thought you did. Came up with that. I thought you did because you were you didn't want to answer the phone anymore. You were like, she keeps calling because I had told her I would give her a ride to the bank and stuff. So. I do remember who it was. I don't remember her name, but I do know who you're talking uh, yeah, about. Yeah, I don't remember her name. I just I remember think, that. I think dad came up with that. Okay. <laughs> it, was, well, it was one of us. <laughs> Good job. Well, that one always made me laugh, but it also helped me because I realized, whoa, there could be stalkers. And I have, I've had a couple. Um but handled handled them well, I think. Um, but they're, they're, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had a, a funny. I mean, there there is as much as there's there's humor around this. There was always a reverence, and I always respected the fact that you guys respected what I did because I knew it couldn't be easy. Mm. And uh, you know, sometimes even the grocery store was a little challenging just to get through, but. I think it was more challenging for you than it was for me. The only ever time, the only time I ever had a hard time was when I got to like, and it makes me laugh now looking back on it, but there was like <laughs> one time I was working at the store and someone called in to make an appointment with you and you were really busy around this time. It was summertime, always around my birthday, you got super busy yeah. and we had scheduled my birthday for like the week prior because you were going to be busy on my birthday so this this lady random wanted to schedule a part of an appointment excuse me on the day that we were going to have my party and i said oh i'm sorry she's not <laughs> scheduling for that day how dare she <laughs> she lost her mind at me and i wanted to be like yes god forbid she gives birth and has a baby and needs to celebrate that baby god forbid she has a child i wanted to lose my mind but i was like yes i'm sorry she's busy that day <laughs> like Sometimes I just want to be like, she is a normal human being, you know, with a family and a husband and children and a normal life. She's allowed to do normal human things. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> but I just, professionalism, Kayla. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> but it always makes me laugh looking back on that because I was like, who's Reba? <laughs> She's my mother. <laughs> yes, I'll schedule your appointment. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but but just, yeah, some of those moments like tested me a little bit just to be like, yeah, sure. Well, that's, why you're so good. <laughs> that's why you're so good at your job now. Like you had, you had to do it when the emotion was high. Right. <laughs> and, and really rein that in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people always said how professional you were and, and mm -hmm. how nice it was and everything to deal with that. But, yeah. And I know it's not easy working for family. So, you know, I appreciated that. So let me ask you, it wasn't until I start uh, record, uh, editing these things that I realized how often I say so. <laughs> start almost all my sentences with it. Um, why do you love Halloween so much? Um, I don't know. I just am driven to it. I love blood and guts and gore. And I just, it gives me a chance to be somebody I'm not for a day, mm -hmm. which is probably what drives me to it the most. Not that I want to be somebody that I'm not because 
I started this in this video with I am who I am. I don't want to be a hypocrite or anything, but <laughs> I am happy with who I am. But it's also exciting to just yeah. be Beetlejuice for a day. <laughs> but who is that's who I'm being for Halloween, by the way. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't know this. Um, but I think so I don't have to prepare for like my heart stopping because no, I'm going really basic. We're not doing anything for Halloween because of COVID. We're just going to take the girls trick or treating. So I'm just going to be a really basic, spike my hair up green, Beetlejuice. Okay. Not the major. For, uh, for those of you out there, Kayla is a very gifted um, makeup artist. Thank and you. when she does the the wounds on her oh, face special effects. Yeah. and the special effects and stuff, thankfully, I usually get a, a text first <laughs> that want to see what I did for Halloween because it does seem like you know part of her face is missing and that's a, can be a little traumatizing to the, the person who struggled through your birth um <laughs> so i was curious because it's right around halloween now and you've always loved it and i don't think it's because i met your father at a halloween party but it's just a perk i didn't know that for many years and then like now it just kind of is something else that i'm like I like, I'm like, oh, hey, <laughs> maybe that's why, <laughs> but it's not. It's just, I've always loved it. And I don't know. It's just uh, but there is that, that ability is why actors, you know, I work with a lot of actors and, and why it's so fun to work with them too, because I can ask them to call in a character mm -hmm. or I think it's important to have that aspect of us, but yeah. it's just something that I, I was curious about your own personality. Yeah. Um, yes. I've always loved make-believe. That was one big thing that like Emmy and I used to, Emmy is my best friend growing up, um, that we always did, even into our teen years. We played make-believe for years. And I think it's just something that led into my adult years. I just moved it into like makeup and stuff. I just became characters and just played and stuff like that, as opposed to just acting them out and, you know, pretend. Mm -hmm. just, I like to act, but I didn't want to act. <laughs> I didn't want to be in front of people. <laughs> I like pictures and special effects and spooking people, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> Not a people person. <laughs> <laughs> Who works in healthcare. That works well. <laughs> uh, so how do you think we could help kids today do you have any idea because a lot of and i we both know from your own experience that a lot of people in and especially young adults teenagers and young adults turn to you know alternate substances and drugs and alcohol and stuff to turn down some of these intuitive abilities mm -hmm. is there something that maybe those of us a little <laughs> older are missing that could help do you think um what do you mean by missing well i and it might not be a fair question to ask of you given that you grew up in the house that said you know your ghost my ghost energy you know there's more to this than just your emotion and you were i like to think heard and and seen which i think is a lot of what's difficult for kids but i i guess i'm wondering we also had a different view of substance abuse too. Whereas I feel like a lot of people nowadays don't. Say more about that. 
<laughs> you didn't allow any drinking, any talk of pot. We couldn't even mention pot. <laughs> or it was like the walls would burst into flames. <laughs> like you're a completely different person than the one I grew up there with. Yes, you I, are. Oh, I, oh, I definitely am. I, well, I'm not a different person. I'm an, I'm an evolved well, No, person. no, not a different person, but I feel like you're a lot more open-minded about certain things now than you were back then. Yes, because back <laughs> then I was terrified because I had three of you that I just knew. <laughs> were much like their father and would have no skill sets in that. Um, so yes, there was some of that. And I don't like the energy. I think some of that was very selfish in that, um, uh, or self-centered in that. I don't like the energy of it. I still don't like it. Which is understandable. And knowing a lot of the stuff that I know and won't discuss, um, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. But back then, didn't understand it. It just felt very black or white. Like, no, we're not going to discuss this. We're not going to talk about this. And the only exposure I had to any of that was dare class, which is very black and white as it is. So whereas nowadays kids are exposed to it everywhere early, very, very young, Kenzie's age, 12, 11, 10, which I feel sets them up to fail very young because once they start feeling overwhelmed or whatever they feel, they turn to it a lot quicker. Um, so I feel like, I don't, I don't feel like it's necessarily your generation is missing something. I feel like it's more my generation is what's kind of, I don't want to say missing it, but it's just, we're quicker to jump to it. Mm -hmm. if, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like we're less, uh, I'm struggling to find the word, but I keep wanting to say patient. Well, do you think there's less life skills there with managing of, like, managing is a good word to say. Like, I, there's, coping skills. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how to do, I don't want to say don't know how to do anything. That sounds unfair, but we just don't know how to handle yeah. what we're taking on. So we just reach for the closest thing and I can speak from full experience. Um, but I don't necessarily feel like that's the parenting from your generation's fault. I feel like that's just a lackadaisical, I don't know if that's, a good word to use, but lazy um, yeah. mindset on my generation's part. Because yeah. I feel like when I look at my generation and their parenting, I go, oh, why? <laughs> why would you not just take two seconds <laughs> to like think that through a little bit longer <laughs> instead of just have <laughs> <chug> a log? <laughs> and sometimes I do that myself. So I can't you know, be a hypocrite and say, you know, don't do that because I do the same thing. But like, I wouldn't really say that it's something that your generation has to change. I just, I think. Well, no, just like, how can we be of, of, of more help or even to the younger ones now? And I agree with you because there have been many people 
parents who have paid for their 26, seven, eight year olds to come to me. And what ends up happening is I end up being Mama Vicky because their parents aren't giving them any boundaries or aren't finding that middle road between no, don't do it. And let me explain why you don't, might not want to do it. And what are the coping skills? What are the what do you need in order to help you manage right. those emotions? Do you need to understand it's also physiological? Right. If you're not doing anything wrong, feeling overwhelmed. Right. Here's what you could do to disperse that overwhelmment. Right. I think that's what's not most important, but is is very important is having those those coping skills and being able to access them without um feeling like you need to have other resources to get mm-hmm. you through it um but also having a good support system i feel like there's a lot of people out there that don't have that nowadays um and that's on multiple generations <laughs> not, not necessarily yours or mine or anywhere else out there um I don't know. I feel like I struggle with that in my own life. So I don't really have a, a, a concrete answer. <laughs> well, you no, know, I think you helped and a, and a concrete may not be fair to ask of because you're also in it right now. Um, but and I don't have kids. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. Don't ask me to raise your children because I'm not the one. <laughs> okay. yeah, you do a fantastic job. <laughs> None of us know how to raise kids. That, Like I said earlier, it's all a fallacy. And I think if we had more of us, if people felt more comfortable admitting that they don't know what they're doing, but they're going to give their best shot, then I think everybody would relax and, right. and, and it would be more accepting and people could be seen as individuals. So, right. um, well, thank you so much for being willing to pop on, give a little insight, um, a little behind the scenes, as well as some great advice and um, just help. I think the more people who speak of, yeah, it's not always great to have these empathic abilities, but it's great to have these empathic abilities. It can yeah, be, absolutely. It can be both. Yeah, absolutely. It can be both. And I think, honestly, think that expression, it's too peoply out there, was in, in, invented for uh, empaths. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because sometimes that's truly the case, that you right. need some solitude. Right. A little bit of quiet. Right. I think the only thing that I would ever, I love that I'm an empath, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I think the only thing that I would ever shift is the... Uh, uh, I don't really like calling it an, an, an afterlife. I have to be honest. I'm <laughs> not crazy about that term. <laughs> um, I would want to shift that. I would want to turn that off a little bit because that can be a little loud <laughs> sometimes. I'm not crazy about that. And I don't know if that's empath or if that's a whole different like realm. <laughs> that's a whole different level, babe. We'll have you back for that show. Um, so that, <laughs> it, while it is um likely your empathic skills that have you decipher the message Mm -hmm. that is a um being able to 
traverse through the astral realms. So that's, that's more of a mediumship thing. And you're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> they have done stuff to show that it's genetic. Um, so, uh, but the, some of that comes with also knowing yourself so well that you place those boundaries with that realm too. Um, <laughs> listen, I have not figured out how to turn it off completely. So I am of no help to you. Uh, ex- I can help you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just ask them politely to knock it off. Um, GTFO. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. It took me a minute to realize what GTFO meant. Um, and I will use that. That's a different realm. Um, and we, we will follow up. We'll go there and, and talk about that too, because there's, as the cat knocks the microphone, um, there's so many different layers of being a, a, a soul in a human body <laughs> that I feel like I heard a great expression the other day that we should all have young mentors. Mm. We should all have mentors younger than us. And I was like, ah, I've always done that, but I never gave it a name. Um, So I want to bring that about for people um, because there's so much to be learned if we just listen. Mm -hmm. Not your trips around the sun that make you smart or evolved. It's how you're learning and connecting and stuff. Well, you know, I adore you and I appreciate you for being on. And for those who met her in the store you know there's all these years later this is going to be fun for them too i think because we do tend to keep our community don't we (laughs) they just keep going with me i appreciate that so thank you thank you for having me for being part of the show (laughs) well that was a lot of fun i hope you enjoyed it as well and got some information out of our silliness and the experience that we had in being in this lifetime together thus far. And I will have her back and we'll talk about the mediumship and how to manage the energy and the experience and sometimes the responsibility of having those who have crossed tapping on your head. Um, There's some funny stories there as well. Thank you so much for listening and I wish you all the best. Take care. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at at Coach Vicki Baird and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at vickibaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.